Fan Morning Show. Jesse Rubinoff and Ailish Forfar about an hour away from seeing uh, some of our Sportsnet talent kick it off with pregame coverage. And then you'll hear and see Dan Schulman in studio here with us. FIBA World Cup and Blue yes, Jays play-by-play play announcer coming in bright and early to see us. How's it going, Dan? It's going great. Good morning. I, I, I'm glad to see where you guys work. I was listening on the way down. Oh, yeah. And, and hearing your bark in the park and Looney Dog what do you uh, think conversation, of that idea? chaos. Oh, yeah, I know, exactly. but chaos. you'd set a record. You would have fun. You'd be like, "Oh, there's a there's Alicia's there, dog. Yeah. There, oh, there's your dog, yeah. Jesse. It would be fun. Kind of fun I'd right? love to bring my dog. She would like. I mean, she did a, a thousand on her own, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it the, does sound like chaos. Somebody so. did ask in the text line, like, where would they go to the bathroom? I said, I'm not thinking that far yeah. in advance. Yeah. That's what the marketing department just two separate <laughs> nights. Just two like, separate I just want to do it on the Wednesday instead of yeah. the Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, you're good. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Um, obviously, we were just chatting off air about, like, excitement. Like, this is your thing. You know? I love You've this. really, really loved it, yeah. and you're getting a great tournament to be a part of. It's been so fun. And, and, you know, for so many years, as you guys have talked about, like, it's, oh, the best guys aren't showing up, mm -hmm. and they keep losing the games they're supposed to win and you know they went in with very high hopes obviously got off to the great start but even like in in the france game in the first quarter it's like whoa what's going on in the <laughs> latvia game in the first quarter what's going on so then by the time you got to brazil and they're not out of the gate fast you're like they got this and then they didn't got that so <laughs> and now it's winter go home against spain like this is this thing you could write a novel about this tournament mm -hmm. but it's so great and, and i'm just so happy for so many people who have followed this program mm -hmm. for so long um, and now the pressure's off. Like, mm. I, I think I think they're going to beat Slovenia today, but even if they don't, they're still going to the Olympics. It's still been a great tournament, but this is fun. And, and now that they've qualified, they don't have to worry about a last chance tournament. And will the guys show up <laughs> for goodness. that? And, and it's all momentum, momentum between now and Paris. You've called so many basketball games and obviously baseball games. Like, the Spain game was nuts. Nuts. Like, where does that rank for you among games that you've called? I, I, it might be first. And, and really? I, I swear. So, because I get asked this <laughs> question a lot. And I've got, um, <clears throat> you know, I've been lucky enough to do the playoffs forever for baseball playoffs forever for ESPN yeah. radio. Like, mm -hmm. I've done... And I, I'm not doing it anymore. Last year was my last year, but I did 12 World Series for them. Wow. But this one is different, and I will freely admit it's different for me because I was born in this country, and this <laughs> one really matters to me. And again, it was Spain, and they were down 10, and then they came back, and then they were down 12, and and all of that. So it's it's right up there. I did the Jose Bautista bat flip game for ESPN Radio. Mm -hmm. and I, like I said, I've done the World Series a bunch. Um, and you know, my whole other life that some people know about, some people don't college basketball doing Duke Carolina games forever, but I don't think this one takes a backseat to anything because wow. of how great a game it was and how much was at stake and the whole history behind it for the last 23 years. Yeah. Too, so. I was thinking about the history. So we had Rome Barrett on and we had Carl English on yesterday, cool. uh, which was really cool because yeah. they obviously have been a part of this this building block until you're watching Canada get to the Paris Olympics first time in so long. Like, who do you think of when you're, when you're watching this, like this, this also gets credit for the players on the court, but yeah. I mean, they wouldn't be there without decades of hard work. Yeah, I mean, I think of Leo Routens and Jay Triano too, the mm -hmm. guys who coached them forever. Um, Leo and I have known each other for a thousand years. <laughs> and um, so I think of, of those guys, I think of all the guys who played, in these, you know, quote unquote, little little qualifier mm -hmm. games that nobody really knows about, like guys going down to um, Uruguay for a couple of games in January. <laughs> well, who goes to those games? Not the NBA guys, obviously. Mm -hmm. The guys who are playing in Europe, and maybe only the second tier guys because the top leagues won't let their players out. Right. So I'm actually super super happy for two guys who are on this team 
in Phil Scrub and Melvin Edgem. For sure. Because they're both getting a chance to play, too. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're just riding the bench or anything. But they're both getting a chance to play. And those guys have played literally all over the world for Canada. And to me, they represent all of the guys who helped this team get here. There were 31 players who played for Canada at some point in the 12 qualifying games to get them to the World Cup. Nine of them are on this team. Mm. So there are 22 other guys who suited up at least once, weren't, you know, didn't make this team, but they've got a part of this uh, as well. But I, I think about the, you know, you know Melvin Edgem and, and Phil Scrub kind of being like a metaphor for all of the guys who have played all over the world for Canada. Yeah, I remember just watching them do their thing when, when, Canada basketball was begging for NBA players mm-hmm. to go, and, right. and those guys were just, you know, carrying the torch. And it, and I hope they're there. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. I hope they're there next year. Mm-hmm. And and it's too early to get into the. What do you think the roster is going to look like? <laughs> yeah. in Paris? What do you think, Dan? As exciting a game as that is, I know mm-hmm. it, it's 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 like, hey, and I heard you guys talking about this. Let's figure out the playoff rotation for the mm-hmm. Blue Jays. You know, there's yeah. some things that it's totally normal to to think about, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think I don't think there will be many changes at all. I think there will be a couple, yeah. Um, but there are reasons there probably won't be more. But I hope Melvin Edgem and Phil Scrubber on that team in, in uh, what did I say? Pitts, in Pittsburgh in, 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 in Paris next year. That would be easy year. to get to. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. just drive on down to the Olympics. Yeah. Well, they're, they're they're a huge part of, of the culture and the mm-hmm. culture that Canada mm-hmm. basketball has built. And that was one of the things that that Rowan was saying yesterday is like we we have established a culture now, and I think a lot of that now comes back to Jordy Fernandez and, yes. and Rowan yesterday. You could hear the intensity in his voice. And I know that we've seen certainly from Jordy Fernandez, whether it's in the huddle or the post-game pressers, like that dude is, <laughs> that dude is intense. And how good was that first game huddle against oh. uh, Unbelievable. France. Whoever's was, got the mic at the sports night, like getting right up in his face. I'm like, this is perfect. It's, 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 prime TV. it's a FIBA thing. It's awesome. Oh, so nice. it, we're just taking a world feed oh, from good, FIBA. Good. So, and sometimes like I've seen a couple of things on, on the internet that weren't on Sportsnet. Mm. But they must have aired on the World FIBA feed because right. some they just stick the cameras in there. It's <laughs> FIBA access, just like when you hear the referees at the monitor mm-hmm. talking about a, a, something. And, uh, you know, guys, we're down 10. What the? And, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, oh. and I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, so how much of that is like a trickle down from Jordy and from Rowan and from, I think, like the commitment with the summer core? Yeah. To commit for three years because that, that's it was a problem getting these guys right. to, to commit for a period started. of time. That, that's where so Mike Bartlett, the CEO. I don't know if you've had him on the CEO of Basketball Canada. They they said to the key guys, and I think they met at the NBA Summer League in Vegas, but I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure about that. This was after they lost in Victoria. I think they kind of gathered everybody and said, "Listen, for this to work, you you got to be in or you got to be out." Yeah. Um, and they signed contracts, uh, like not financial contracts, <laughs> but they signed contracts saying, mm-hmm. "I'm in for three years." So two years ago. When they're playing all of these games, some of them were summer windows. And Shea played in, I think, three of the games. And Nikhil played a little mm-hmm. bit. And Lou Dort played a little bit. Um, Jamal Murray was coming off the ACL that year. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I don't remember why he didn't play, but he was at the games. Mm-hmm. He was at training camp. Like, there had to be some level uh, of commitment. Um, and that is who's on this team. Andrew Wiggins is not on this team. And Trey Lyles is not on this team. And, and so they had 14 guys who signed that uh, contract, Ken Birch got hurt. So training camp was the other 13 and then the best of the winter core guys, Edgem, Scrub, mm-hmm. et cetera. That, that was the 18. And that's why I'm saying, I don't know if there'll be that many changes for Paris, because if those 18 guys committed to them, do they feel obligated to honor their commitments 
I don't know what happens if Andrew Wiggins puts up his hands and says, I'd like to play now. I, I don't like know. But again, you want the best players there, but you also uh, want to honor something that you said. Exactly. Like, we're going to change this culture. So I think right. they're in a tough spot. We'll talk about that when Paris Olympics come. <laughs> uh, but it's, to me, it feels like the start of something really special. And yeah. Canada basketball has been like building up to this. We use Canada soccer as kind of a parallel, but they, they fall short and they, they just get there, right? Oh, we got to the FIBA World Cup. But for right. Canada, it seems like the expectations are now medal, win. Yeah. Like, we had a Rash Medanian from Jakarta, and he's like, oh, no, they they, they want to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we could have said that a little while ago. They want to go to Paris and not just show up and get to Paris. Like, they want to be global, high-class caliber talent. And you see that with Shea? Yeah. Dylan Brooks has, like, changed everyone's heart. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you that. So oh, yeah. you have players that are, like, the best in their country and best sometimes in the NBA. I think that... Canada basketball will have higher expectations forever moving forward. I think so. And Shea's a huge part of this, not only because he's one of the best players in the world. I think he's kind of taken over from Corey Joseph as the face of the program. Mm -hmm. And he is all in. I mean, all you have to do is watch an interview and he's all in. And it doesn't hurt that his first cousin's a pretty good player too, right? (laughs) So now you got two studs, (laughs) uh, you know, that you're basing your team around. RJ is the son of the GM. So now you got three guys who you know are all in. Dylan Brooks being all in is great um, because they don't win the Spain game without nope. Dylan Brooks. Like uh, they, they might not even come He's close ferocious. without him. He is ferocious. Uh, yes. Uh, Luca, get ready because yes. here it comes. Pokes so, bears. Yeah. 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 Pokes <laughs> bears. Um, you know, and Lou Dort as well. Like Lou Dort's a guy who didn't even start playing basketball until he was like 13 years old. And the first time he ever played for the senior team was in Victoria three years ago. Like, he's kind of a late bloomer, mm-hmm. if you will, to basketball. But for, you know, for us, it's Paris, Paris, Paris. And for Americans, too, it's Olympics, Olympics, mm-hmm. Olympics. For the rest of the world, this, this is, is a bigger yeah. deal than the Olympics. Um, and maybe not even close. Why is that? Because this tournament, well, firstly, um, you know, what's a bigger deal in soccer? The World Cup, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this is kind of the analogy mm-hmm. to that. The rest of the world looks at the World Cup as a huge deal. Also, this tournament has 32 countries, so with rare exceptions, and Argentina was one of them this year, all the good countries are in the World Cup. The Olympic qualifying process, as you guys know, is so convoluted and long, and some really good countries get left at Mm -hmm. home, and then it's like, yeah, but. So there's no yeah, but in the World Cup. Everybody is there. Like, if Canada's going to win this thing, they will have beaten France, Latvia, Spain, Slovenia, Serbia, and the United States in all likelihood. Like, mm-hmm. like it's a juggernaut to get there. Um, so I think, and, and Jordi Fernandez, you know, maybe he's impressed upon the guys how big this is because they're all saying the right things. We had two jobs. We did one. Mm-hmm. We got one more to do. And, you know, win or lose today, again, this has been a great tournament for Canada. But if they win today, at worst, they're playing for a bronze medal. No Canadian team Crazy. has ever medaled at the World Cup. And the only Canadian team that's medaled at the Olympics was in 1936, the first year basketball was in the Olympics. Yeah. So this would be I really I don't remember cool. that one. No, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. So let's talk about today then. They're favored against yeah. Slovenia, yeah. and they probably should be because yeah. the depth is different. But they do have to deal with one guy yeah. specifically. Yeah, they and- do. <laughs> uh, but I think they got the guys to deal with them. Uh, so we mentioned Dylan Brooks and Lou Dort. Yeah. Though uh, Luka Doncic did an interview yesterday where he called Dylan Brooks one of the three best pr- uh, defenders in the NBA. Right. Always and, try and- to butter him up a bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take it easy on me. Yeah. I think you're really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lou Dort is right there with him. Um, RJ's a big, strong guy. He could guard Luka. Um, Melvin Edgem could yeah. get some minutes yeah. guarding Luka, physical. I think you, they're all physical defenders. Yeah, they're all physical, yeah. and that's what you've got to be. Luka Doncic is 
outstanding at many things. One of them is drawing fouls, creating contact, mm -hmm. and two is complaining to the referees when they don't call fouls. He's like world class at yeah. both. And Go look Kyle Lowry in him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick um, too. So they've got to be careful. He's really crafty and smart. Dylan Brooks knows that. They've played against each other. You got to keep Brooks on the floor. But whenever you go into a Slovenia game, it's kind of like, do you let Luka get 40 and shut down everybody else? Mm -hmm. Or do you mm -hmm. try to contain Luka and maybe the other guys get going? And I don't know how Canada will decide to play it. But I, I think, and I said this against Brazil too, I think Canada's better. You look at the rest of the team, they're good. I mean, they finished fourth at the Olympics yeah. two years ago, right? So, but they don't have, remember the guard from Brazil, Iago Santos, just breaking them down right. quick. They, they don't have a super quick guy. They've got some shooters, but not crazy. They pass the ball nice, but not like Spain. Like, they're good. But if Canada plays to, you know, 80 85% of its capabilities, uh, I think they win. The only thing I think that can trip up Canada, other than Luca just going, you know, out of his mind today, is whether there's any kind of a, a, a emotional hangover mm -hmm. because they already got yeah. to Paris. So you, I, I hope it's not that because, again, if they win today, at worst— they're playing for a bronze medal. And, and I think to take a medal home from this kind of a tournament, you know, forever and ever and ever, the future generations of Canadian kids would be talking about that that Shea team and what mm. they did. So. We're talking with uh, Dan Schulman in, in studio here before Canada takes on Slovenia. You can catch coverage at 8 a.m. Danielle Michaud, Sherman Hamilton, and Michael Grange will be the panel. And then, of course, uh, 8.30 start on Sportsnet with Dan. Um, it feels like Canada might be the ones with the momentum because they've won so many different styles of games, right? They've gotten down, and then they have to fight their way back. They've held a lead. They've had a superstar takeover in the last couple of minutes and yeah. assist or score on 17 points. And Jordy Fernandez is like, what do you want to do, Shea? Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'll do this. Yeah. So I think maybe, and maybe I'm glamorizing it because I hope Canada wins, but they're the ones that's kind of figured themselves out and it's like they're peaking at this perfect time to capitalize on this. And maybe the, the monkey's off the back. We're going to Paris. Let's just focus on this. I hope so. Um, mm -hmm. They definitely have been tested, um, you, you know, in in every game but the Lebanon game. They've been, they've trailed and they have been tested. So, you know, facing adversity, that should mm -hmm. not be an issue for them. They know how to do that. Who's the uh, the alpha dog? Everybody knows that. Uh, everybody understands their roles right now. What I like, too, like in the last game, it, at times it was a tough game for Kelly Olynyk. He just, in, in terms of defensively, Kelly Olynyk is Captain Canada. Like, mm -hmm. he's been everywhere mm -hmm. around the world. Um, and Jordy Fernandez put him on the bench for a while, and it was Dwight Powell in a smaller lineup, and that's when Canada started the comeback. And then Olynyk came in, hit two big threes, um, Shea assisting on both of them. I think they, like you said, Eilish, I think they've learned how to beat different styles. Not only they've learned how to beat different styles, like it's one thing to say, hey, guys, this is FIBA. It's not like the NBA. Everybody plays a different style. And then Latvia comes out and punches you in the mouth, mm -hmm. and you go, whoa. Like, and, and they might not have ever heard of most of the Latvian guys, yeah. but that's when you realize everybody is good. So I think they've had all the wake-up calls they need, and, and I do think they are motivated to keep going. I've been texting with a couple of people who are over there, and I haven't. I haven't gotten one ounce of, uh, boy, did we party last night. It was this <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, and all that. They're, they are still mm -hmm. very focused. One of my favorite things, I don't know if you guys saw this, it, the step-back jumper that Gilgis Alexander hit to give him the lead mm -hmm. in the yep. last minute. And it must have been a Canada basketball social media person because it's a low shot from the bench. Shea hits the shot, turns around, and you can see people going nuts. And Shea's just like stone-faced because Spain called a timeout. Shea's just like stone-faced walking to the yeah, Canada. So People cool. are trying to high-five yeah. him, and he's like... It's like when OG hit yeah, that one in yes, the bubble. Yes, exactly yeah. like that. And and 
you know, he's he's a killer, man. And and that's <laughs> what you need your best player to be. And it's so cool. He's so young, right? He's got barely any FIBA experience before this. And again, like in the Brazil game, they beat him up pretty good. And mm. you could see, I, I think a 40-minute FIBA game is way more mentally and physically taxing than a 48-minute NBA mm-hmm. game. Not that I've ever played in either, but I'm sitting beside <laughs> a guy down there in Alvin mm-hmm. Williams who after the first couple of games took off his headset and said, wow, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> like in the amazing. NBA, yeah. you just stand over here while <laughs> yeah. the guy yeah. over there yeah. is doing his <laughs> thing. He said, there, you can't. There are so many screens and, and you know, it's Elbows, everything. people losing kidneys. Well, guy lost a kidney. Oh, yeah. Yes, isn't that terrible? I know. It's not funny, but it's, out, it's outrageous. It's the headline. It is, but it's it's a total, and it's not for everybody. Yeah. There are some guys who get better, and there are some guys who are not as good because it's a little too rough for them. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think they're fired up. And if if they're not, Jordi Fernandez is. He's from Spain, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he's been through all. He knows all this stuff, and I'm sure he's telling the guys what's at stake. Yeah, like I, I was, Ailish and I were talking about this. I was stunned after the Brazil game, and I know they, they did clearly not have their best effort, but he called them out. Mm-hmm. Like he said, he, like, the, no, he went down the list. Shay didn't I play know. well. I was, Dylan didn't play well. He went on and on. That's a high-risk, high-reward. Totally. Right yeah, there. I couldn't yeah, believe it. Yeah. Like, like, imagine, like, Austin didn't do enough tonight, and Mitch Marner didn't do enough tonight, and Jelly didn't do enough. He would never do that. that yeah. He'd yeah. walk it back and be like, I didn't mean to upset yeah. our stars. But no, and what's amazing about that is he's been their coach for, like, five weeks. Yeah. You know, so. They must have, like, a real respect level for him already. Does, yeah, and I think the fact that he was Jamal Murray's, an assistant mm-hmm. coach, but Jamal Murray's coach for six years helps. But... Um, other than the first huddle against France, which I think I will remember for the rest of my life because it was so awesome. But um, that moment, I was surprised too. That moment was like, wow. Um, and and because the guys can turn on you and he's he's coaching NBA stars and he's never been a head coach in the NBA, right? So, but did you see the, you saw the beer shower, whatever kind yeah, of shower, yeah. I don't know what kind of shower it was. It doesn't matter. After the, uh, the Spain game, like how can you not buy in when you've had the kind of success that you've had? And I, I think he's made... Uh, you know, he's learned his personnel too, but I think he's made some really good adjustments. I don't think the substitution patterns have been the same every mm-hmm. game. I think it's been game dependent. So, yeah, that that surprised me because um, I was worried how they would come it's out against totally. Spain. Like, would, you know, would there be bickering or, or rolling of eyes or anything? But none of it. Yeah, Rowan was saying that yesterday too. He's like, look, you have to know how to handle NBA personalities yeah. for this job. Like, yeah. it's not the easiest. That's why he thought Nick did a really good job and, and Jordy has assumed the mantle. But you take your cues from your leaders, right? Jordy is super intense, and that's why I don't think they're going to have a letdown today. But also, Shay, like you mentioned the celebration, not getting too over the top. Do you think people slept on how good Shea Gilders Alexander mm-hmm. well, he really was, is. He was first team all NBA last yeah. year. That's the crazy part. But I think for, like, I've got some friends, they say they're huge basketball fans, but what they don't understand what they are is they're huge Raptor fans. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you mean you never heard of Lou Dort? Or what do you mean you never yeah. heard, like, you know? And, and so I think even for Shea, you know, you see him twice a year when he plays the Raptors, once here, once there. But it's like 31 points per game, first team All NBA. Yeah, yeah like, plays for the Thunder. That's the, right. That's what it like, comes down to. That he was he was named one of the five best players in the world <laughs> last crazy. year. So, um, yeah. So, you know, we were talking about Luca. Yeah, Luca. But I'm sure in the Slovenian locker room, it's Shea. What are yeah. they? What? Are, um, I don't know which one I would pick. Like, if you're having a draft, who do you mm. take first right now? You could make a um, a good case for either one. So he's he's phenomenal and. You know, at the end of the game, he doesn't force it. I, I don't ever remember thinking in the five games that's a bad shot. 
but he just has a way. And, and, and I first saw him at, at, uh, at Kentucky, right, to do it on my college games. He was only there one year and didn't know much about him at all and, and watched his first game, and it was like, wow, he's not the fastest guy. He's not so one of the crafty. three fastest it's guys. ridiculous. But he picks a spot, and he says, I'm going to get yeah. there, and he gets there. And he's, and he's done it at the NBA level, and he's done it at the FIBA level. He's just – he's so smart and change of pace, stop and go, unbelievable handle, makes his free throws, good leader. Like, mm. he's he's great. Going to be the next for MVP for years to come he in the could. NBA, you yeah. think, yeah? yeah. Uh, special to have one of the best players in the world on your team. Yeah. Like, I think we could probably have not dreamed about that. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> Canada. Um, Dan, we won't keep you for much longer because I know you got real work to do. Um, Blue Jays have a – Playoff spot. Blue Jays are in a playoff spot right that? now. I'm feeling optimistic. Oh, so, um, I mean, they're so I made a business decision not to watch the game last night. Oh having my to wake God. up early. Good for you, Dan. Yeah, it was the right call. I, and, uh, so I woke up this morning. I did peek at my phone. I couldn't. I like. I fell asleep. Woke up. Mm-hmm. I peeked at my phone, and it was the fifth inning already. And, zero, a, zero. and it was nothing had happened. So I know. <laughs> you we, went back we, to sleep. Yeah, we, were, we, were we were texting I know, I back and forth. Yeah, 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 um, woke up this morning, saw the score, and kind of went, "Phew." Because they're not making it easy on – I know it was 7-1, to one, but it was closer than that. Um, but they're doing what they have to do for the most part. They should have won the one game against Colorado that they mm-hmm. lost, obviously. But if they win today, they're in a playoff spot coming home. They've still got three with Kansas City. Enormous series with Texas oh, coming up that. after that. That's going to be that's going to be great. Um, I don't think they're out of the woods. No, not no, no. at all. But they're in a much better situation. And listen, you um, – they're playing the, the the weaker teams, but that's because they hadn't played them yet. So totally. it all the schedule all evens out, right? And and considering all they have to do is beat one of those three teams out west, if they can take three out of four from Texas, they're in a really good spot because they would win the tiebreaker from mm-hmm. Texas if they did that as well. So pitching, for the most part, has been you know great and very consistent. The offense, the funny part is they're they've actually scored like seventy two yeah, runs in I their last ten games. Yeah. I saw that and I went. No. I added it up. Yeah. So it doesn't feel that way, but, you know, uh, they weren't big parts or any part of last night, but where would they be without David Schneider, no. Spencer Horwitz, and Ernie Clements over the last couple of right. right. The herd is leading the way. So uh, let, let's see. Who, who, oh, I was on with Ben Ennis. Um, mm-hmm. It was after the Brazil game, before the Spain game. The mood was different at, oh at that goodness, time on both ever? fronts, four or five days ago. And we were talking about, like, if only one would happen, what's more likely, Canada making the Olympics or the Blue Jays making the playoffs or which you do you pick? root for most? Or the, the narratives have changed, certainly on one side, <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. on the other. So um, we'll see how it goes. I'm back in the saddle with the Jays on Friday night, so well, looking forward to that. We did so, mention awesome. that the game, if they do win, might be at 4.45 a.m., would be at 4.45 a.m. So we'll, we'll cross <laughs> yes. that bridge when it comes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't have many tips because that's a 3 a.m. arrival at the studio, so you're on your own boat because that's, that's way too early for us. Yeah. But uh, we'll go one game at a time. Appreciate you coming in. This that's was a, a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Have a good call today Thanks. and uh, hopefully more to come. Thanks so much. We'll just press your little mute button. Oh, yeah. You're all set. <laughs> all right. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, Dan. Well, that was, that there you awesome. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Schulman, uh, People World Cup, Blue Jays play-by-play announcer for us at Sportsnet. And as we mentioned, Mentioned, uh, pregame coverage starts at 8 a.m. And Danielle Michaud and Sherman Hamilton and Michael Grange on the Can't panel. Wait. And then, of course, you'll see these guys starting at 8.30 on Sportsnet. Uh, we now just, be more stoked Man, that was, awesome. was yeah. yeah, that was really great. Uh, he's just so full of, like, passion for mm-hmm. basketball. I know he's our Blue Jays guy, but you forget sometimes that he's, he's a 
he's a ball guy at heart. Like this basketball thing for him is is really special, um, and there's a lot of pride in this tournament. I think Canadians are really starting to feel that. So great to have Dan here with us. No question about it. I'm going to find our something to chew on. There it is. Something to chew on brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Um, okay. <laughs> do you want to do the Manning cast thing? Do we have that clip, Josh? Okay, so the Manning cast is obviously uh, one of the best, best, yeah, one of the best, you know, things about the, the NFL season, the NFL season mm-hmm. and it's new and it's been fun. Uh, but Peyton and Eli... We're maybe looking for a third host. You I know? Love these they two. were auditioning some hosts yesterday, and then this clip went viral. Uh, you definitely should watch it again where you can see it because obviously there's a bunch of different people talking and they are auditioning, I'm using air quotes, for a spot with Peyton and Eli. Uh, recognizable voices. We'll play the clip and we'll break it down, but it was one of the best things that came out in social media in the last little while. So here it is. Hi, I'm Jared Goff, quarterback, here to audition. So, Jared, how excited are you about the opportunity to be on the most popular show on television? Isn't this for the Manning cast? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I play quarterback. Ooh, quarterback. We like that. You like that? I just said <laughs> that we liked it. You like that? I mean, what is this guy's deal? No, but did you, did you like it? How do you feel about audibles? We generally just want the quarterback to run the play that's called. That's the play. <laughs> Sean McVay, Los Angeles Rams head coach. On this team, we tear ourselves to pieces. This is how you guys dress in real life. You guys are terrible <laughs> evaluators and go f- yourself. <laughs> hey, Mike. Daniel. Who are your broadcasting icons? Another one. Um, DJ Khaled. What would you say are your strengths? We the best. <laughs> I'm just here because your guys have the most punchable faith you know, in the history yeah, of punching faces. <laughs> wow, Reese Witherspoon. I mean, we're honored you'd even consider auditioning for the Manning cast. Manning what? Oh, no, I was calling to bundle my home and auto. Aren't you the insurance guy? So what would we know you from? Have you heard of TikTok? Sure. Really? No. <laughs> Hi. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Wheezy Baby. President Carter. I'm Peyton, and this is Lil Brother. <laughs> Let's get some sleeves on you, Pat big Magazine. boy. I don't think I... I don't think the job's for me. I have no idea what this is, but I don't think I'm the right guy. <laughs> well, we tried our best. Guess it's just the two of us again this season. Unless there's someone on that list who is just perfect for the job. Nope. Not on this list. Mm-mm. You've been waiting here a long time, too? It's Tom Brady. <laughs> Talking to a dog. No, I didn't get the Manny cast job. I guess I'll just come back and play football again. <sighs> so good. You gotta watch it. But recognizable voices, star-studded. Like, one of the best promos for something I've yeah. seen in a long time. No, there's there's something about the the Mannings where, like, they're everywhere. And most times when people are are everywhere, they get old, like, fast. <laughs> you, like, don't want to see their yeah, face no, anymore. They're so it's good. like they're annoying. Funny. But, like, they're, they're everywhere and they're still enjoyable. It is, Which is like such a rare trait and quality. One of my favorite parts about uh, the season, but the Manning cast is still kind of a real thing. So we'll see how their their guestless looks um, shaken out. But we'll get into some football next with Trey Wingo, senior NFL analyst, Pro Football Network, and the 33rd team uh, tomorrow night. 
tomorrow night. That's the NFL crazy. kicks off. Um, there's still some questionable uh, injury concerns like Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll go through all that with Trey and maybe who he would pick for a Manning cast third host. Are your drafts all done? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. only in one league. One, I'm dialed one in on tonight, one single it. league. And we'll get Jesse's grade from his draft from last yeah. night because it looks like he wants to share it with us. No, okay. I, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Trey Wingo's next. <laughs> Covering the Blue Jays from an analytical perspective. Jays Talk Plus with Blake Murphy. Be sure to subscribe and download Jays Talk on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590. The fan 30 minutes away from coverage on Sportsnet of the FIBA World Cup. Canada, Slovenia. And then 8.30 tips. You're not going to so. tell the masses the game we were just playing? No. It's, it's, <laughs> we kill time here during the commercial breaks in strange ways by guessing famous people's ages. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like, how old do you think Lady Gaga is? We're very bad at this game. I'll tell you that. Lady Gaga. 38. Is she? I don't know. What's uh, your guess? I don't know. 37. 37. Yeah, okay. So you have always been one over. Price yes. is right rules. So yes. you lose. I lose. Trey Wingo joins us, senior NFL analyst at Pro Football Network and the 33rd team. We're one day and a half, I guess, at this point away from Thursday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Detroit Lions. Trey, how excited are you to get this thing going? Well, I'm more excited that you nailed Lady Gaga within a year. I was going to say like 34, so you guys are killing it. Yeah, but the problem is, Trey, we play tr- uh, Price is Right rules, so you so go over by a year, you just you, get, you lose. So you would have won. Tough, uh, by yeah. the way, along those lines, shout out to Bob Barker, oh, who died at 99 yes, without going over a dollar. I it's mean, come on. Remarkable. Yes, sir. One of the great uh, movie scenes in, in comedy history, for sure, and Happy Gilmore, too. Yeah, shout out for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thursday night football. Um, it's, you know, some people are like, oh, the Detroit Lions are getting this spot. But nonetheless, who cares who's playing? It's a day away. Um, the excitement level has got to be there for us, at least. You're someone that's real close to it. Um, I mean, you, this is what you live for. And it starts tomorrow. Yeah, it, it is. Like, you know, we, we spend all summer, basically, and, and most of spring, like after the draft, you spend the entire time coming up with, football lists so you have things to talk about like you know best uniforms best wide receiver duo best coach quarterback combination in the nfl just so we can talk football and specifically in this country and i'm sure obviously a lot in canada too so we're, we're like finally to the point where we, yes we don't have to make bleep up anymore we can actually watch games and talk about games and that's a wonderful revelation all right, uh, Travis Kelsey's hyperextended knee. Like the the headline is that his ACL is quote intact. And when I got the notification, first of all, you never want to see three letters ACL come up in a notification, no matter who it is. But I mean, that doesn't sound very good. That they went immediately there, saying that his ACL is intact. How worried are you about uh, Travis Kelsey? Well. Listen, you're right. It's it's never great, but for bad news, I think that was the best possible scenario. I mean, hyperextended. A lot of times when they say someone's hyperextended his knee, that's just code for we don't know how bad it is yet. Uh, and, and look, there's always the possibility that uh, when the MRI comes back, it will be different than what they originally thought. But uh, it's, it's like when when Burrow had that cap strain. Mm-hmm that limited him all summer, everyone thought, oh, boy, that's actually probably going to end up being a uh, an Achilles. Uh, and that would have ended his year very quickly. 
um, and they got relatively good news. So I think they might have dodged a bullet, uh, but it's not the best news in any way, shape, or form. But as long as that thing, as long as nothing is torn, like meniscus, mm-hmm. ACL, PCL, MCL, you know, there's there's every possibility that he could be ready to go probably week two against the Jaguars. I mean, like, I would, I don't think the Chiefs are stupid enough to, unless they, unless everything checks out like this, everything's fine. It's a miracle. There's no real situation. I don't expect him to be on the field tomorrow night, but the more important news for Kansas City is that it doesn't look like this is the thing that's going to keep him missing, you know, six, seven, eight games. Okay, so maybe no Travis Kelsey, maybe no Chris Jones, uh, also unlikely to play uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow night yeah. and holding out hopes for a new long-term contract. How do you think this one goes? I mean, contract talk has been, there's something you could have talked about all off season. people holding out, people thinking yeah. about contracts, and uh, we're one day away from uh, Chris Jones maybe not playing in Thursday's opener. Yeah, I don't think Chris Jones has any chance of even if he agrees to a contract today, which I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be there either. So the question then becomes, what are the Chiefs, without Travis Kelsey and without Chris Jones. They're still Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, the Lions are a darling this year. I think this is the first of their five scheduled primetime games. <laughs> they had zero scheduled primetime games last year, and they actually got flexed in the last one. Were they not Green Bay out of the playoffs by beating them at Lambeau final week of the season, which was great. But the Lions now have to deal with something called expectations, mm-hmm. and that hasn't happened since... Bobby Lane was their quarterback, okay? We're talking a long time ago. And you don't you just don't want to play Kansas City this time of the year. And let me explain why. Kansas City has won their opening game of the regular season eight years in a row. That is our the longest streak in the NFL. Um, not even close. As a very large truck is walking by, so I'm driving by, so I apologize okay. for that noise. Um, but they've won eight straight week one games. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in his career as a starting quarterback with the Chiefs is 13-3 and in the month of September. Um, you know, the home team in the, these sort of Thursday night openers is 16-4 and all time. And, yes, it's 3-3 three and three in the last three years, but this is Patrick Mahomes. This is Andy Reid. I'm sorry, the Lions aren't winning. They're just not winning. And so I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of concerns about, uh, about the Lions uh, coming away with the victory in this game. I think Kansas City is going to find a way to probably win by double digits. Yeah, someone in the schedule-making office certainly feels like the Lions are going to have a pretty good year. Otherwise, they wouldn't have that many uh, primetime games. Uh, another team that's probably going to be featured in primetime a lot is uh, the Buffalo Bills. And there are a lot of Bills fans in southern Ontario yeah. here that follow the team. Uh, and they've had a lot of success in the AFC East recently. Hasn't necessarily gone their way in the playoffs. But the division is going to be a war this year with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers coming to town and the Miami Dolphins electricity on offense if Tua Tagovailoa can stay healthy. And I guess the, the wild card in the division is the Patriots. But do you expect the road to be more difficult for the Bills to finish on top of the AFC East this season? I do for a couple of reasons. Um, you mentioned the division. And what's weird about this, I mean, divisional realignment took place in the NFL in 2002. And this is by far the first time I can say going into the season, well, New England is four out of four. You, know? you, you just look at, you look at the rosters and without question, and a million things can happen and go crazy and all that kind of stuff, but New England's four out of four walking into that division. So that's weird. And number two, something's not right in Buffalo. And I don't know what it is, but there's something that's just off. 
you know, it started with the whole Stephon Diggs situation. And people can say, oh, that's ridiculous. He's downplayed it. They've downplayed it. It's still there. It's still a thing. And let's not pretend like it isn't. And Josh Allen regressed last year. There's, there's no, there's no way about it. There's no, there's no, there's no way to deny that. Okay. He became a turnover problem, um, especially late in games. Uh, you know, in the first three weeks of the season, he was awesome. You know, those first two weeks were just incredible. Um, but then, ever since they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, it's been just like it was the year before. They sort of went through this little lull, and um, they still haven't figured out a running game. They're hoping it's James Cook. I mean, since 2018, they have the second fewest rushing TDs in the NFL, so they've been very one-dimensional under Josh Allen. I think the Gabe Davis situation, which was great, I think people have figured out how to play him a little bit so they don't have a true number two wide receiver anymore. And I just think it's going to be exceedingly difficult for them to waltz their way to 13 or 14 or 12 wins with the way that division is. And, and I, there's a part of me, there's just a part of me. Look, as long as Josh is there, they're going to have an opportunity. They'll be sort of in the mix. But for, for as well as they've played over the last four seasons, they have one AFC championship game appearance to show for it. And there's just a part of me that wonders if they had their shot to really get where they wanted to go and they didn't take advantage of it. Because the AFC, forget the division, the AFC, look at the list of quarterbacks in the AFC, guys. I have never seen a greater disparity between the conferences in terms of quality, elite quarterback play between one conference and the other, as long as I've been watching this game. It is phenomenally on the side of the AFC right now, and that means they're going to have to beat all of those guys try and get to where they want to go. Chatting with Trey Wingo, uh, Pro Football Network and the 33rd team. Uh, okay, we'll stick with AFC East and uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's been the off-season off story um, for some highs and some lows, uh, no pun intended, on the highs. Um, and now he's going to be making a, a big move, um, a big debut. There's so much anticipation what this Jets team is going to be like under his uh, his reign. Um what are your expectations for this? Is it a little bit too much hype? Is it the right amount of hype? Or are you kind of in the boat of show me what you got and if you still have it? Well, I mean, it, it, Hard Knocks might have been called, just changed his name to I Love Aaron, yes. you know, instead of <laughs> instead of Hard Knocks. I didn't know another Jet player existed uh, watching Hard <laughs> Knocks. So, I mean, the love affair, the honeymoon has been unbelievable. And, you know, Mark Murphy, the president of Packers, had it right years ago when he described Aaron Rodgers as a complicated fellow. Mm. He's a little persnickety and all this kind of stuff. But ever since he's been traded to the Jets, he's tried to be this new warm and fuzzy, happy-go-lucky Aaron Rodgers. And that's great until you start playing games. So I think the hype is real because the Jets are a really good team. Like, they're a really good team. They were one quarterback away last year as another massive truck is driving by and I apologize for the audio um, they were a decent quarterback away from being a really good football team last year and now they have a really good quarterback my only concern is everything seems right and sometimes when everything seems right something tends to go wrong and it's the Jets, like historically. Mm -hmm. It's the Jets. You know, I mean, it should have worked with Brett Favre. It should have worked all these times ago. You know, and, and the expectation, this has to be, for it to be a success, Brady to Tampa Bay, Peyton Manning to Denver-type success. Okay, that, that's, that's it. Otherwise, it's not worth it. It's not worth what they paid up 
paid for him. It's not worth, uh, you know, type torpedoing Zach Wilson after two seasons. It's just not worth it. So the expectations are very high, and they have to be met. And I just – I don't know. I, 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 I'm not convinced that they're going to win a Super Bowl in year one. And they have to get to a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers to even remotely justify making this move. Yeah, the expectations are certainly high. And honestly, I don't know if the expectations can be any lower for Russell Wilson based on what we saw uh, last yeah. season. But he's got a new head coach in Sean Payton. And there was a report yesterday that came out that Sean Payton told Russell Wilson to focus less on his personal brand if he wants to get his career back on the right path. Is that yeah. something that Russell Wilson <laughs> is interested in? Do you think there's a chance that Sean Payton can salvage what's left of Russell Wilson's career? Well, let's take the second part of that first. Yes, absolutely. I believe Sean Payton is the best thing for Russell Wilson. I just uh, taped the first of my my podcast with the 3013 with Chase Daniel. We have a new show every year called Chasing It, and uh, every week, rather, called Chasing It. And, uh, you know, Sean uh, Sean was going to call Chase Daniel when he was going to be on the practice squad for the Ben Washington Redskins, and he'll come be Drew Brees' backup and uh, learn under Drew. So all of this, all of this is uh, something that I've, I think is going to be good for, for, for Chase and good for Sean Payton and good for Russell Wilson. But the first part of your question is what I have concerns about. Russell likes being a public figure. You're not married to who you're married to if that's not part of it, okay? And I know that if Russell wants that, this is the best possible scenario for him. But what does he want at this point in his career, right? He's been around for a long time, went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, has made a bleak ton of money. He enjoys that part of it. And the question for Russell is, does he enjoy that part of it more, or does he enjoy what it takes to be a really good football player again? And we'll find out this year. Uh, Trey, uh, pretty much uh, a lot of anticipation on some new rookie quarterbacks, and that's always fun because, uh, you know, you come out of college yeah. and people are hard to hard to know how to predict your NFL career, but at least three at least um, announced as starry, starters for this upcoming uh, first week. Uh, where, where's your rookie quarterback confidence ranking? If you look at the three that are at least going to start, or the two um, for sure that you would feel the most confident will actually fit well in their new spot and will be put in a position to actually uh, succeed and maybe have more of a, of a leeway where there's something they can do for this team? Uh, you know, with all due respect to the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers, I'm not really confident in any of them for very different <laughs> reasons, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start with Anthony Richardson, right? People are electric about Anthony Richardson. Did you see that throw? Oh, yeah. He made 70-yarder down of this. Did you see this? You do those once, twice a season, Okay. Like, we had the Josh Allen 98-yard touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis last year. And I don't think they had anything quite that long for the rest of the season. All right? So those throws are great. And they, they give you that wow factor. And people get all excited. But they don't mean anything. What means something are the plays that no one really thinks about, which is it's a third and seven. They just throw an eight-yard out route to the right spot outside the numbers. Or... It's a third and six, and did you not throw it into triple coverage because sometimes the best play isn't in completion and you don't want to turn the ball over. Those are the things that I look for. Those are the things that coaches look for. The wow factor of Anthony Richardson is off the charts. But to me, he has the lowest floor as well as the highest ceiling. 
And it's going to be a struggle. And what have the Colts done to help him? Nothing. They have decided to really mess with their best player on offense, Jonathan Taylor, who's going to miss the first four games. And if you have a rookie quarterback who's only played 13 games in college, 13 games, the same amount as one Mitchell Trubisky when he was the second overall pick in 2017, the best thing you can do is give him a solid running game and something for him to lean on. And for the first four games of the season, he won't have that. So I have major concerns about Anthony Richardson. I have major concerns about C.J. Stroud because of the team he's going to. The Houston Texans are terrible, and they're probably still going to be pretty terrible. And then there's Bryce Young. Bryce Young has everything you'd want as a quarterback. Everything except stature. Mm. And I'm sorry. He looks like an eighth grader out there playing with these guys. (laughs) And... I mean, like, he, his, his football acumen is off the charts. There's no question about it. He can make every throw. He can do all this stuff. He understands and processes the game better than anybody. And, but if he was 6'3", we'd be talking about him like John Elway. Mm-hmm. And I don't, mean just, I don't just mean the height. He is tiny. You know, he gained the pre-draft system perfectly. He weighed at the combine and didn't work out. So he bulked up to right around 200 pounds. And then he didn't weigh at the pro day and just threw. So, in other words, I don't know what he weighed at his pro day when all the throws were great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were reports he was playing at Alabama at like 175 pounds. And we can always say, oh, you know, we've gotten over this point where drafting small quarterbacks isn't an issue. Is it? Baker Mayfield was taken first overall in 2018. He's on his fourth team right now. Kyler Murray was taken first overall in 2019. I think it's safe to say the jury is still very much out on Kyler Murray, despite the ridiculous contract that the, the Cardinals gave him. So I hope for all, the best for all of these guys. And Bryce has the most skill to do it. But he's just so small. And it just takes one hit. It just takes one. And you can avoid 99% of them. But when you're that small, you get squared up one time, and that's one of the reasons why Baker Mayfield is on his fourth team in four seasons. And he's bulky mm-hmm. compared to Bryce Young, like bulky. All three uh, facing their own unique challenges is a good way to put it. Uh, and that all begins yeah. tomorrow night. And can't wait for some football this weekend, sitting on the couch and not moving a muscle. Uh, Trey, appreciate you jumping on. Enjoy the start of the season. And we'll definitely get you on down the road. You got it, guys. Thanks. That's Thanks, Trey, Trey Wingo, senior NFL analyst and Pro Football Network and the 33rd team, as he mentioned. I think he was on the interstate <laughs> on a stroll <laughs> out there getting his steps in, which we will not be doing this weekend. No, no steps no, just, on Sunday. Just 12 straight hours on the couch. I mean, uh, I'm expecting great things for this. I looked at the schedule. This year we have 14 rematches from the 2022 postseason, which is the most in oh, NFL history. Wow. So it's going to be incredibly competitive and exciting the whole way through. I can't believe a football season starts tomorrow. Like I really, really cannot believe it. So excited. And the Kelsey, there's an update on Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Rapport is uh, saying that it is a bone bruise for Travis Kelsey, which uh, there's no speculation as to what that means for Thursday night or moving forward. It's kind of dependent on the person, how quickly a bone bruise could heal. Do you... Remember that from kinesiology? I've had some bone bruises. Yeah. And uh, you just got to grind it out. You're Travis Kelsey. 
It's yeah. not a tear in your ACL, MCL, PCL, LCL, KCL. You're good. I, my heart stopped when I saw the notification that his. Anytime you see ACL pop up in your phone, you're like, oh Those my goodness, worst three season's letters. over. Season's over, but it's intact, so we're good. We're that's good. good. <laughs> uh, we'll tee this all up tomorrow as well. Um, yeah, the line has shifted significantly with the idea that he might be out, but I still think the Kansas City Chiefs put uh, put them through the ringer tomorrow. Um, before we take a break and bring in Blake Murphy again in studio, just the, the re- revolving door is cooking here. Uh, we're giving tickets away all week for Andrew Schultz, uh, internationally touring stand-up comic and podcaster. We'll be performing at OLG Stage at Falls View Casino in Niagara Falls on September 22nd as a part of his The Life Tour. To celebrate, we'll be giving away tickets all week long here on the Fan Morning Show, and each pair of tickets will also include a complimentary buffet for two before the show. Mm. To enter, all you have to do is tune into the Fan Morning Show, listen for our daily code word, and text it to 59590. Today's code word is Schultz. That's his last name, S-C-H-U-L-Z. Text Schultz to 59590 right now to enter. We'll have another code word for tomorrow's episode. You must be 19 years of age or older to enter. Details at sportscent.ca slash 590. That's Schultz, S-C-H-U-L-Z. Make sure you don't get that autocorrect in there. 590-590. Best of luck. We'll have Blake Murphy join us next on the other side of the break. And then Chad Kelly, mm. Argos quarterback, great cup champ, and Swag City joining us at the end of the show. That's all before our little wake and rake. So send those picks in at 590-590. All that's come on the Fan Morning Show.